Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagoon Cycling made inclusive or as I like I don't know what to choose people just let me know because I really like the thing of cycling made inclusive but I always would love to have you will not get there on a road bike because we are talking about adventure adventure is the key of inclusivity in cycling what do you think which one is the headline that you prefer or the payoff or whatever you want to call it cycling made inclusive or you will not get there on a road bike i don't know you have to let me know let's open a pool probably i'm gonna do it in my instagram calamaro cc as usual and then we are gonna know what's better and what's not adventures let's put a couple of words out there about adventure let's start from the atlas mountain race that registration are gonna close tomorrow just because this episode is gonna go live on tuesday the 15th of october so tomorrow wednesday the 16th of october midnight registrations are gonna be over and then you have just to wait till the third 23rd of October to know if the spot for the Atlas Mountain Race is yours. So if you still didn't do it, just directly head to atlasmountainrace.cc and have a look to that. And if you want to know more, last week's episode was exactly about that. I talked with Nelson about that. One of the supporter sponsors there of the Atlas Mountain Race is Komoot. And this week I talked about Komoot with the PR communication manager of Komoot Fiola, really good friend of mine. We got amazing chat, amazing conversation. We mostly talked about everything. We actually talked about everything, but we focused a bit more on the new product, I would say, that the name is Komoot Premium. You will know more about that listening to this episode. And if you want to know more, if you still i'm not subscribing to komoot well it's time to do it and uh, i would give you an extra kick for that so if you want to have an extra region of komoot you can do it by just putting broom wagon code while you are making the registration super easy you head to komoot.com slash g Komoot is k-o-m-o-o-t dot com slash g like grumpy and then you just write broom wagon or broom wagon b-r-o-o-m-w-a-g-o-n no spaces into the code selection and there you will get an extra region bundle for free for the value of nine euros as i remember and then you can start straight into the Komoot experience. That is amazing. Should we go directly to the interview? Let's say a couple of things first. Just one, maybe. Sorry for the recording. My system for recording, Zencaster, was a bit in trouble on that day. And so, yeah, you will see some, you will listen for some delays and stuff. But apart from that, I think it's, I edited it. And I think it's pretty, pretty good not perfect but pretty good 
And why I said before komoot.com slash g like grumpy? Why grumpy? I don't know what happened the night before I was making this uh, interview. Probably I didn't sleep in a proper way or it was too many days that I was not riding the bicycle or probably I just slept without my blanket with my ass completely uncovered and freezing. I don't know, but that's not the story. The story starts now with the interview to Fiola. Bye. Hello, everybody. Actually, probably I said already hello at the beginning of the episode, but then I will go directly and say, hello, Fiola, how are you doing? Hi, Stefano, how are you doing? I'm really good. I'm really good. I was a bit, uh, let's say, I was planning to do a lunch ride, this uh, yeah, lunch break ride today, but the weather doesn't look super good. And because my gravel gears are not perfectly done right now, I think I'm going to stay home. But anyways, I'm super happy because I'm talking with you today for this episode. Sounds like you need a personal mechanic. I need a personal mechanic. Also because last time that I was putting my hands on a bicycle, I went directly to the hospital. <laughs> I'm the worst mechanic ever. Um, I'm not far off as well. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's not true. You can fix almost everything. Okay, that is true. Yeah, including like lots of like really complicated like um, web apps and all that sort of stuff. Not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm <not the> best mechanic. <laughs> yeah. So for Ebbis, uh, this was kind of uh, as usual, friendly, lovely chat because... Everybody knows for sure on the other side that I have I had already an interview with Fiola. And probably you know that we knew each other. We went also... Uh, actually, now I live in Zurich. She was living in Zurich as well. We had a lot of rides. We met during a bicycle ride. We went together to Torres de Gravel last year. We, meet, we knew, we know each other pretty good. But probably not everybody know who you are, Fiola. Um, yeah, I would imagine that that's true, I suppose. Um, I am, oh God, how do I describe myself? It's pretty complicated. Uh, to keep it short and sweet, I am the global PR manager for Kamut. Um, the, well, we like to call ourselves the world's leading route planning and navigation app. Um, <clears throat> so as people might know already, or if you don't, we are a remote work company. Uh, so I base myself between Ireland and a number of different other places. So for the last half a year, pretty much, I was living in the French um, part of the Basque country, um, just around um, Biarritz, because I surf and also ride bikes. So I have like really, really good waves on my doorstep and also the Pyrenees. Um, and then when I'm not like just at home enjoying waves, um, either in Ireland or other places, I'm often traveling uh, for work, so um, I'm often spotted at some of the most fun <laughs> gravel and adventure cycling events, um, Yeah, where I get to represent Kamut and make sure everyone's having a good time, and yeah, things like that. So I'm a bit of a nomad, and absolutely loving that. Fiola, let me ask you a question, mm -hmm. because I don't know if we talked about that in the last interview, but I think it's anyway super important, and even if people out there you know already the answer, listen anyways. How many sports have you done in your life first? Probably we can just, <laughs> no, 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 everything, better. Everything first. And what, which one is the sports that you are on now? I'm People out there, I think that you have to take some notes because it's going to be a long list. <laughs> oh my God, where to start again? Uh, yeah, like, so 
it's kind of interesting because I think I often get like pinned as this like super crazy like sports girl but I'm just sort of like generally curious about anything and everything in life <laughs> so I tend to try my hand at quite a lot of different things not just sports like I read loads of books and uh, music as well so I'm kind of like I guess I'm like ADD or something but um, I my primary sport when I was younger was rowing and I took that to a pretty high level so basically missed out on Olympic qualification in 2003 in the lightweight double by like half a second or something like that so that was pretty disappointing um dedicated like 10 years of my life to like making boats go fast <laughs> on flat water <laughs> um yeah in America I went to college there, got a rowing scholarship and then I represented Ireland uh, for a number of years at like world championships um and as I mentioned didn't quite make it to the Olympics then I decided to quit rowing in pursuit of like um, a life <laughs> in 2004, I think it was, or five. Yeah, 2005, actually, because I decided not to make the next uh, four-year cycle. And then I um, went to live in Spain, and there I was kind of like just like riding my skateboard around Barcelona and going to parties for a year. Um, and then I started surfing. Well, I, I started surfing a few years before, but um, I decided I'd like to surf a bit more. So I, I ended up... Um, doing quite a lot of surfing for a few years um when I was I lived in Peru in South America for three years and then I came back to Europe um and I was pretty lost um I was living in Ireland and I started working on uh, a world series adventure race called the Taurus and there I got in touch with a lot of like pretty cool like mm -hmm. ultra endurance athletes and I started adventure racing myself um with like the Irish team because I guess I was you know still pretty fit from my rowing days and I was I found out that I was able to run up mountains pretty quick and also ride up mountains and kayaking kind of like was good because I was, you know, I, I understood how you move boats through water. So, um, yeah, I represented Ireland on the Irish team for like three or four years. Uh, adventure racing is like, they're super long. We were doing like expedition length races, so up to like nine days sometimes. Um, and it's normally kayaking, um, you know, trekking or running um, and mountain biking in teams of four so there's always one at least one girl and three guys and you've no gps's you've got to use a compass and maps to navigate your way around um and i had some super cool experiences there in abu dhabi ecuador france um, spain switzerland and then i decided out of all those sports i really enjoyed like um kind of pushing myself and not like being reliant on the success of a team actually so i then started doing some like mountain triathlon so i did the inferno triathlon I did um, the Alpinathlon, I did some Ironmans, um, and then I decided I like bike racing. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I started racing like the cross-country mountain bike, a marathon, and also got into road cycling, like road racing. Um, did some, like, I was licensed then for a couple of years, so I raced um, on the road. I did, like, the marathon mountain bike stuff. And I also raced on the track because... At the time, I was then working at BMC Switzerland, and there was a track, a velodrome across the road. Um, I was quite good on the track, relatively, because, you know, I wasn't taking anything pretty seriously. But I managed to, like, uh, win a few races there against some, like, girls from different countries and stuff. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, that brought me up to, like, 2014. Um, and since then, I've been just kicking around, like, not taking anything seriously, but, like, racing some gravel stuff. This year, I haven't done hardly anything because I've been really busy with work and personal projects, like 
living in France and uh, exploring over there and going surfing. So a bit of a jack of all trades, um, master at a couple, but just basically loving being outside and exploring. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, just uh, starting from the beginning or <laughs> of your yeah introduction to yourself or whatever you were mentioning, that is not only about sports anyways. You have also a lot of our of other uh, interests and you were mentioning photography, you were mentioning reading a lot of books. I truly remember, vividly remember uh, our conversation during the Taurus de Gravel when you were telling me that you are also into painting. That is a good way, actually, to take out all the stress from your mind, being disconnected by from computer, mobile phone, and everything digitally, but just painting and living the moment in this way. Just, you know, it's not only sports, it's kind of an attitude, being out there and trying to be curious on everything. Yeah, I think, like, it's so easy these days that we give ourselves, like, half to everything because we get distracted so much by, you know, it's normally the phone, right? Or like, I think that's the biggest thing these days. Um, and I think like that definitely plays into people's anxieties and things like this. You just have this constant like pull from the phone um, or like, you know, like other things. So I think there's, I really love like sports for that reason or, or like painting or yoga because you really have to, it, I don't know, it, it helps me be in the now. So It sounds so cliche, but think something like painting, you get like absorbed in what you're doing, you're creating. Um, you really have, I, I find myself, I have to clear everything off. Like I need to, my kitchen needs to be clean. My living room needs to be in order. I need to set up my, my workspace. And then three hours have passed and I've been painting. And I don't really care about what comes out. Um, of course I look at things afterwards and I'm like oh god that's terrible and then sometimes I go oh my god like how did that happen that that's really cool like and I think it's this process that's so so cool you know um, and I find that as well with body movement like even yoga or maybe trying like different things and one day something clicks and you can finally do a jump through um, and I think it's also exciting like this this these processes of whether it's like body transformation or like being able to do things that you never thought you could do but then one day just it clicks and it happens and the same goes for like painting or the creative process you know you just if you go into it with no expectations you can be pleasantly surprised and I think that's really cool <laughs> yeah it's just like surprise yeah it is yeah, yeah yeah I really yeah I really like this approach yeah it makes a lot of sense it's yeah super cool approach on things just committing on doing something that is completely outside of what you usually do Yeah, and it's also this thing about like expectations. I think I think it relates to sports. Like, you know, mm. people put themselves under huge pressure um, and it's part of, you know, being a professional athlete. You have expectations to reach a certain result or to achieve a certain result, which can be very hard. And I think there's another whole side of enjoying what you do without having expectations. And then, then I find that it's so much easier and better for you as a human um to to like go into something without those expectations and then you know you can be just like quite surprised or happy with whatever you've achieved because you didn't have like any sort of goal right yes no it's uh it's perfect try you will actually really make the move and you will start being without any pressure stepping out from the pressure stepping out from competitiveness and not having anybody pushing on you 
gives you just the opportunity of doing things. And then at a certain point, you will stop. You will look back and you see, look how much I accept, I achieved. And that's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I think it's not for everyone. There's stages in your life. Like obviously sometimes you will really feel like setting yourself a target and focusing on that and achieving what you set out to do. That's also really important. It's really good. But I think this like like general measuring yourself up against your own expectations or other people's it, it does create like you know it's an it's a discomfort I think and you know it's not it's not really good to have that the whole time so it's important to take a step back and enjoy things for what they are without like the pressure you know so yeah that's kind exactly. of where I'm at anyway yeah <laughs> <change>. exactly <laughs> exactly it's yeah. not I like I really like the approach you can do it but you can you can also not doing all the times you can just decide how and when yeah like surfers like my friends when they go surfing they don't catch a wave um they're like super frustrated like they spend like two hours in the water and there's a lot of people out there it gets competitive everyone's paddling for a wave you don't catch a wave you come out of the water and you're like really annoyed but I always go in and I go if I just catch one wave I'll be happy with my session like nowadays I catch like on average I don't know eight ten waves maybe it's pretty cool but like in the beginning I found myself getting frustrated and then I was like Fiola like be realistic you might actually not even catch a wave today <laughs> so <laughs> when I do catch one wave I'm always like wait job done <laughs> so yeah it's it's a, it's a easier attitude to have <laughs> yeah you know what yeah. you with this conversation then probably we can go directly to the topic but with this conversation you actually recalled me something that happened during the Silk Road Monterey's we were on the other side of the tongue pass and when I referred to we I referred to myself Antonio and Ivan that we were actually the media part of the support car number two um and we were there on top of this amazing pass. We do, we did our hike to go up and we were there just waiting for hours for the rider to come and to interview, to take picture, um, to do what we had to do. And then we spent, so after the full morning, just meeting only one person, we were there and we were saying, look, but only one rider, blah, 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 blah. And then we came out, actually the van came out and saying, Wait, people, instead of thinking about that and getting this frustration, just look around. We are actually in a place that usually people have picture of in their computer, on their uh, screensaver, in their uh, background of the computer. Just sit down and you, we are together. We are enjoying a lot of good conversation. We're talking about stuff. We are making games. We are making jokes. It's really interesting. Just stay here, enjoy the moment. And even if we are not going to catch anybody else to do our interviews and our stuff, it's going to be fine. You are immersed in a perfect situation. No stress on that. Well, actually, I remember that that day we just got that rider in the morning, but still we enjoyed the day at as much as we could because it was, anyways, amazing thing, amazing adventure without pressure, without nothing, just hiking on top of one of the most beautiful mountains I've ever seen, mm -hmm. and yeah, being around. That's what's all about these days. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Not having pressure on on doing something, on producing something, just sometimes enjoying and get better the day after in terms of productivity. Yeah, exactly. Disconnecting. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, uh, this was 15 minutes or really philosophical, amazing conversation. But what are we talking about today, Fiola? So, yeah, like, um, 
we have um we as in like uh <laughs> the whole group of us which is pretty much commute because um it's like my family yeah. <laughs> um we're we're super like uh, excited because, yeah like a couple of weeks ago we finally got um commute premium out the door um so we have decided to restructure commute into two sort of separate products um everything that people knew about commute up until now is now called commute maps um the route planner you know um the 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 tracker on your with your smartphone app um all of the features that people you know know already of commute is bundled is you know stays as it is but that's rebranded to commute maps and then we've created this super cool new product called commute premium which is a subscription based um product uh, which costs like 59.99 euros a year <clears throat> and it's got a whole bunch of like really really cool features in it so we're talking about that today because um, Stefano knows me and <laughs> I've been pretty quiet for the last few months <laughs> and <laughs> it's basically been because we've been working super hard like to get to the point where we're, we were ready to present Commute Premium to everyone. So it's been a pretty big milestone for the company. I think it's the first, it is the first major launch that we've had. So when Commute started out like in 2011 officially, um, you know, the guys have been working like uh, on building the user base and like creating, you know, features and just like improving the actual product of Commute without ever, you know, going, we should do something completely cool and completely new and different. Um, and then we got to that point this year. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about today um, because it's pretty big news, especially for everyone, I think, that listens to your podcast because most of your listeners are really into like exploring and adventuring with their bikes. So yeah, it's pretty cool news. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, amazing, yeah. amazing topic. So let's start exactly from the beginning. You call this new product, I would say, because it's actually coming parallel to the product that was always there. So the Commute Maps. Now we have the Commute Premium. But can you tell me a bit uh, the story on how, with what in mind and how and why everything was born? Everything came out, the, the concept came out and then the production followed it. Sure. So it comes from both sides. like. Um, the guys at Commute um, <clears throat> like saw that there was like um, people asking for certain but very specific features within Commute, um, things like weather forecasting, um, being able to index your tours into like or group them into personal collections, so you can create like a bundle of you know, routes and tours that are either completed or ones that you plan to do by theme or topic. Um, Sport-specific maps. So people were asking to have maps that were more relevant for the activities that they wanted to do, whether it's mountain biking or long-distance cycling. Um, they were looking for uh, ways to, like, plan over multiple days. Um, so... We were always taking like a lot of those that feedback on board, um, and then wondering like, uh, you know, what to do with this? Should we trickle it into the actual product, or should we, um, you know, make the make commute more modular, um, and then like make it a bit more comp complex when it comes to like the offering? Um, and then eventually we decided like that the people that are looking for these features are the hardcore 
I would say, adventure explorer or people with a really, really true need for those bundles of those features, the bundle of those features. So we're talking about people that are um, really passionate about exploring and adventuring. Um, they have very specific requirements. Um, exploring is like a lifestyle choice for them. So, um, you know, it's I, I'm, I consider myself one of those people because on any given weekend or in time, I'm like, what am I going to do today? Okay, I think that there's a trail up there. I'm going to go explore it because it looks like it would be interesting. So, you know, you live and you think about like your weekend activities are like, I want to go up there and I want to see what's there. I want to explore that area on by, by bike or by foot or whatever you're into. Um, and then also maybe people that are, you know, frequently doing long distance bike tours. Um, so we decided to just create this perfect bundle for the, for that core user group. And that's what Kamu Premium is. Um, it's not to say that it's not interesting for everyone else. I mean, obviously there are people that still only use Kamut maybe every second weekend, but they have a, you know, disposable income and they'd like to have the premium product. That's also really cool because you get like a really good experience then with Kamut, especially things like the weather forecasting, which I've heard now over the last like, you know, few months that it's really accurate. You get cool stuff like, like Kamut will warn you if you're going to be out after the sun goes down. So you should bring lights or you can check like in the, the direction that you ride in whether you're going to be mostly riding in a headwind and if so you can reverse the direction of your tour um so it's really fine tuning like your your experience or your tour or your route so so that you'll have like the most optimal experience based on the weather and like um giving you the information about where the trails are for mountain bike the official mountain bike trails are in your area or what the national cycling routes are because it'll all like appear better on the map so that's the idea that we would just offer people an optional product um, to make their adventuring a bit better. <laughs> cool. Um, That's what my premium is. Cool. Really cool. Super cool. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking about, so I have something like 700,000 questions and comments in my head. I will try to structure them in a proper way and I will keep probably, I will keep probably the most important one for the end of our chat. But let's start from the beginning. Um, I have two question comments that actually I want to ask you now and I will shape them together. Uh, the first thing is that so it seems like actually now these two different uh, products that we see on the commute on the commute actually horizons there are actually made for probably two different so the same category of people for two different let's say a level of expertise or level of commitment in adventure. Uh, the maps for people that anyways enjoys to explore, enjoys to be outside, but still they are not doing it, let's say, with a complete... They are not completely hooked up yet. They just want to explore, out, go out there and start enjoying the nature. And then you have the premium for people that are a bit more skilled and a bit more keen on doing adventure. So multi-day adventure in hiking, mountain biking, cycling, and wherever it is around. And actually that they want to be a bit more precise and they want to be a bit more sure of what is what they're going to face. They're going to face it anyways, but they want to know a bit more how it works. Exactly. So this is the first thing that is a common question that I want to drop there. And the second thing that I want to tell you is that 
it looks like you really made there in Komoot, you, I mean, you all the team, made there in Komoot a product really with your classic user, the user in the middle of the process. So at the center, there is the user and you are building something for people that you already know. Your um, user persona, usually, your product persona is already there and you know it's super good. And this is probably because all of you working in Komoot, you are also like this. You are also people that are going to enjoy a product like the one that you are shaping. Does it work in this way? Totally. Like the biggest challenge we have is like the creation of those features because we know pretty much exactly what would be cool to have, right? Because we're all using Kamut all the time. <laughs> so it's like we often have these like, you know, just brainstorms or just casual chats like with each other. And we're like, oh my God, wouldn't it be super cool if we had this or that or whatever? And then the challenge is normally, you know, the resources within the company, like, do we have developer resources available to focus on creating those features in the next quarter or something? So it's not, it doesn't take rocket science for us to come up with these like, you know, feature ideas. They're there anyway, and they come from the community of people that use Moot. Where the challenge lies with us is getting it done <laughs> because, you know, we're only so many people. We're growing. I mean, we, you know, Commute's now like, I think maybe 60 people, 60, even a bit more, 65, I think. So, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly adding to our development team, but at the same time, you know, these things take a certain amount of time. So, um, yeah, it's like, it's really cool. And you're right when you say that the user is in the center of this discussion, obviously. I mean, we are the users, we are the community, and it's not like, you know, the people working at Komoot, or I call us commuters. it's not like we're all super our users of Komoot it's not like that we're probably like 50 50 so there's like a whole bunch of you know my colleagues that are they're really into going out and enjoying the outdoors but they're not like some of other the other people like within our community manager group there's a lot of like super hard like I would say hardcore like gravel cyclists and adventure cyclists so um we're we're, we're well represented within the company we also you know we have people that are just like hanging out at the weekends going on nice hikes and bike rides and then we have people that are like really into like cycling as a lifestyle choice so yeah it, it you know it's a, it's a really fun experience yeah ultimately to come up with these ideas and to be able to make them happen um so with, with commit premium um we have like a whole bunch of development teams in the company we've got like android development team and ios development team and we've got the web client which is the, what you know of the the desktop app um, and those teams work in parallel then to, to develop in sync if possible um, the same features across all of those clients which is quite interesting because each client has its own specific challenges like I think the Android team are always sort of competing with the iOS team because they're normally a bit quicker to develop than on, on the um, yeah on iOS um, and there's a really interesting like com camaraderie between the teams <laughs> so they're all like racing to this deadline to, to launch the product and um, there's a lot of banter and stuff you know within the company uh, so it's, it's always a really fun process um, of course sometimes there are like glitches and some hurdles that we have to overcome but it's always done in you know in, in a positive way so 
yeah, so for us launching Commit Premium a couple of weeks ago was big. And we're really happy with the outcome. We already have a few thousand people signed up, so it's going pretty well. Cool. Uh, let's still let's stick for just one second into the developing of the new product. Let's do that because also it's super interesting how you described just in a couple of lines uh, how the team is set up there. So it looks like that. Okay, even if you are a company working remotely or whatever, this was an effort to make it happen of the whole team. So product development, marketing. PR, uh, uh, whatever it is, actually, also communities and everything like this. It's, it was really something like pushed by all the company, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that the first, the work started on Commit Premium, obviously last year when the, um, the concept became clear, even just the, yeah, at the end of last year. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have a great like product manager called Philip, who was like in charge of coordinating all of the efforts that were being made to to get to the final product but like you know once the the development guys are working on on their on the development of the product on their clients we also have everyone else strategizing and coming up with like ideas from the marketing team so the community managers are kind of going okay so who within our community should we be uh, you know chatting with and offering like free sort of subscriptions to commit premium so that they can spread the word among their communities um, in the different countries. And then we have obviously PR with PR. We did like a PR, like a launch. Um, and I, I think I'll talk a little bit more about that when, in a few minutes when we talk about what my next personal adventure is. But um, we just all kind of like get together and have the chats about like, what can we do to get the news out first that Kamut Premium now exists? And how can we educate users um, to its existence and why it would be of benefit to them if it is of benefit to them because to be honest with you like we're not going to convince someone to buy Kamut Premium if it really isn't going to be of use to them I mean where's the point there I think it should be of value to you if you decide to purchase it and in order to make that decision you need to be educated about that product and know what the features are so yeah, like that's kind of our approach. We're not going to like, we're not pushy pushy. So it's all about just getting the word out there and letting people know what it is and why it could be of benefit to you. And then it's up to you to make the decision. Yeah. So fun times. <laughs> yeah, for sure. By the way, I just forgot to mention uh, one team when I was, conv- I was actually mentioning all the team development, production, or whatever. I want to mention as well the design. Design is super important. And actually, by mentioning design, I know that I'm mentioning also Dimitro. That was the first person that I knew about Komoot Premium when it was, co- it was going live. So yeah, I don't want to forget him. Hi, Dimitro, how are you doing? hope everything good and i hope that you are happy that i'm mentioning you here oh my goodness yeah oh major fail on my part of course the designers have major like uh get major kudos for you know the work that they've done um yeah it's been like a pretty big big deal for them as well and it looks pretty slick so if you haven't checked it out already um you can go to commute.com forward slash premium and you'll already see some of the the cute little um yeah the, the design, the look and feel of it there looks pretty sharp. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I have to say that also because I was always and I will be forever a wannabe designer. So yeah, that's something that is pretty close to my heart. 
Let's jump before having the conversation a bit more about the educating part. Let's jump, first of all, that is X as well, an educational part. Let's talk a bit more about the feature. You mentioned them already. You mentioned uh, specific maps for specific sports. You mentioned already the weather forecast, specific weather forecasts for your ride. You mentioned already multi-stages, um, yeah, multi-stage and um yeah, planning for your route, planning for your yeah, planning for your em- environment stuff. I don't know, I'm saying bullshit. Sorry, for that. <laughs> but anyways, better for you to describe it better. Otherwise, I'm just saying stuff around. Yeah, no, it's like it's like it's pretty cool. I mean, I've been using these features now for like um, a couple of months during the testing phase and now in the full launch, um, you know, phase or whatever. So we have like what we call on tour weather. So with the weather. Um, it's basically weather forecasting, but it's uh, super detailed. So um, you get like a graph that, you know, shows you um, dynamic weather forecasting um, across the length of the, the ride or the hike that you're going to be doing. So you get, um, you know, pre- precipitation levels for that day. So when you plan your routes, you'll be asked to enter with over the next two or three days of what time of the day will you be actually um, going out and riding your bike or hiking and during the time that you'll be out doing your activity you'll get the weather forecast so it will tell you whether it's going to be sunny or whether it's going to be drizzling or whether it's going to be like downpours of rain um, in which case you'll be recommended to bring a waterproof jacket Um, you'll get the the wind direction and the wind the wind strength so you'll know especially for cyclists, really, really cool. You'll know if you're going to be facing a headwind in a particular direction. And if so, how strong is that headwind going to be? Um, you might want to replan your tour in that case because no one wants to ride into a headwind for 100 kilometers. <laughs> or you bring some strong friends. That you <laughs> um, you'll no. know. A ha- yeah, exactly. Get the big guys out so you can hide behind them. <laughs> yeah. um, you'll, you'll know what the, the temperature is like. <laughs> yeah, so if it's super hot you know, bring extra water, whatever. And then also, I really like this one because we often forget about this as, you know, especially at this time of the year, I often forget that it's getting darker, like pretty quickly at the end of every day. So you will know exactly um, if you, how long you'll be out after dark. So it will tell you, look, sundown is going to be at like 6.15 p.m. You need to bring lights. Um, and, the, or, and the same goes for the morning if you, if you plan to start your ride you know, at half past six one week, half past six the next week could already be dark. So you'll know that you need to put lights on your bike for your ride that you're planning the next morning. Super, super cool. I love the weather forecasting feature. Um, Then we have uh, personal collections. So in the past, these collections were something that only we could do at Komoot to present, you know, um, like your roots as a part of a story or a theme. So now you can, for example, I'm living in the Basque country I have created my own personal collection of mountain bike routes in the Basque country. So um, when I have friends visiting, as I do next week, I've got two of my friends that are um, Irish, British, living in Zurich, and they're actually riding in the Pyrenees at the moment. I have sent my personal collection of mountain bike routes in the Basque country so that they can get inspired and they can just like save or copy and save my routes to their personal profiles. And then they can just navigate them as if they were their own. I think this is really handy. So I'll do the same for Ireland as well. So if I have any friends coming to southwest of Ireland, I'll just send them a collection of all of the super cool, like mountain running or hiking or gravel cycling or whatever mountain bike routes that exist in this area of the world. 
Um, it also just organizes your profile a bit more so you can like, you know, create like those collections of your highlighted routes. Um, we have sports specific maps. So now on the Kamut map um, in the premium product, you'll see, um, depending on the sports uh, that you choose, you'll see highlighted routes on the map, like really standing out. So for example, uh, I looked at the map of Ireland yesterday and I wanted to see um, were the national hiking routes highlighted on Kamut? And they were. So you can see, for example, the Kerry Way, which is a beautiful long distance. It's like a nine stage hiking route in the southwest of Ireland. That's now completely highlighted within Kamut. So should, should you come to this part of the world, you'll very easily be able to plan like your hiking route, like on the most beautiful recommended, like official hiking route in the southwest of Ireland. Um, we have the multi-day planner um, that is like next to the weather forecasting. It's my favorite feature because um, in the past when you planned like really long distance rides, you could plan like a 600 kilometer ride and it would just go from start to finish. Um, and then it was quite clunky if you wanted to export it to a GPS device because it's a huge file. So first we launched vector maps, which automatically reduce like the the, the weight of the, the file of the route that you're planning. So um, that made the map the maps like really lighter. So with the vector maps then we were able to um, let people like chop down or let commute basically chop down your 600 kilometer route into digestible stages. So if you plan on riding 600 kilometers, depending on whether you're going to be carrying luggage or not, you probably only want to ride like you know 70 to 100 kilometers a day maybe i mean i'm talking about like the average bike tour explorer Kamut automatically will chop that 600 kilometer route now down into stages that have as much of a distance or length of time pedaling that you would like to have per day so you can set the parameters and say i want to ride seven, roughly 70 kilometers a day or i want to i want to pedal roughly five hours a day so it will take into account the elevation that you need to, you know, cover and it will calculate and chop down the route for you down to five hours per day um, so that, you know, if I leave at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be arriving at my accommodation at three or four o'clock in the afternoon at the destination. Um, even if there's like 2000, you know, meters of elevation in that stage. What it also does is it'll give you all of the accommodation options at the end of your route on any given day and with TripAdvisor recommendations. So it's like the most comprehensive tour planner out there for hiking, for cycling, for whatever, you know, if you want to run across the Alps, you can do it as well. It'll even give you like the Alpine huts and the Bothies in Scotland. So you just basically plug in, you want to go from like A to B and you say you want to like be on the bike for five hours and then it'll chop it down and then you can start adding in your accommodation at the end of each day and you can call them up and book or you can just click and go to the website and book your accommodation. Nice, right? It's amazing, really. It's great. So just stepping back and giving a bit more of my experience with it. I have been poking around with the Komoot Premium since I think two weeks ago or things like this. Um, actually, the two... Big, the two functions that I use the most are the weather 
forecast and just to give you the small story last weekend i decided that probably it was time to make the last 2000 meter mountain cycling obviously of the season because season is over it's raining it is what there was snow as well on top of the clouds and so i decided to go on the clouds and the only point was that it was a horrible week in terms of weather it was raining a lot and the weekend was not looking good at all so thanks to this feature, I actually balance and put together completely and planned everything in the proper way because I knew that on Sunday would start raining on the downhill side from one o'clock and from one o'clock, yeah, after afternoon. And uh, actually, with this, I actually decided perfectly when to start riding, when to arrive, and how to put all the things together in order to get any wet and another thing was super cool also in order to put together my gears to go up there because i've seen that yeah going up i would have faced the colder part of the day and then going down was the warmer part of the day so thanks to that i just decided to get for example only the windproof uh, vest and then going down was perfect. Uh, obviously, to that, you have also to put together with that also my attitude on uh, bringing <laughs> gloves with me. And then my hands really rapidly became blue because of this reason. But it's my fault. It's not Komoot's fault. So this is the first feature that helped me a lot, really, on my last ride of the week on, weekend. The second one, I actually had the opportunity to go through and to poke around the multi-day stage planning. And because I have in mind since ages to do this ride from the city where I live right now, so Zurich, and go back to my birth town where I was born and when I grew up, so in Calabria, south of Italy. And thanks to this feature, I really had the opportunity to, to give a shape to that because I'm not good in planning. I'm not at all good in planning. And having a tool that can really split the stages for you or just where you have the opportunity of deciding okay this day i know already that probably i'm gonna be not so much in shape and i'm gonna be tired or in this day probably i will be in this place where i want to go to eat and go to a restaurant so you can really plan your stage accordingly to you what how much time you have which one is your shape and also which one are what are you fancy to do eating in this good restaurant or sleeping on this place or visit your friend here and now this kind of plan to go from zurich to Cadanzaro as a shape you can see is designed is there and probably for from now till next spring i'm gonna put it in a perfect way and probably this could happen and only by having a tool like this this could happen otherwise you know you are there planning a thing but you need a lot of time for planning and probably you're not super good on doing it or you're just pushing it on the side because okay i'm gonna do it later but now it's it's there yeah, it's like it just makes it like a lot easier because in the past you would have had to really find finally take the route that you've basically done a rough map of and then chop it all up into like individual stages and it gets a bit clunky and it's a lot of work, right? So now it's like you've got a really good basis to start from. It's already chopped up into stages for you and then you can start your fine tuning stage by stage, which makes it more, I guess, easier to do. Um, yeah, I love it. I just need to go out and one <laughs> um then before i forget we also have like discounts with like multi-brand retailers um so you get like as, as part of the commute premium sort of community um you'll get like 10 percent or 15 or 20 percent off various 
online shops like Camps and Bikester and a whole bunch of other ones. That comes in really handy if you want to get like a good price on a bike, for example. Um, and if you're like, you know, always like me, I'm always buying bits and pieces like, you know, chains and I don't know, like new handlebar tape and pedals or whatever. So, yeah, that all kind of helps. And then last but not least, we also were working on some some other features um, that are rolled out like country specific because we're working with some partners or providers. One of them is like insurance. At the moment, it's only available for users in Germany, but we're working really, really hard to roll out um, like these travel insurance or bike specific bike travel or hiking travel specific insurance to commute premium subscribers um, across other European countries. Um, it just it it really is you know insurance is a complicated topic. It really depends on the country rules and laws around this. But we're working with AXA on providing these offers to to um, people living in other countries outside of Germany and Austria. So yeah, that's really exciting. And last, last, last but not least, um, we're also working on adding some other features to commit premium over the next six months. Um, so I can't really talk about those, but um, they're again really specific as well to the core commute users, um, along with offering new, like you know, exclusive features for commute premium. We're also going to be um, rolling out some new features as well on commute maps. That's constant, um, improving the existing offering, but also adding some some cool new bits and pieces there. So we'll have more on that in twenty twenty. <laughs> which is only around the corner, which is scary. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. We are going <laughs> to wait for that. I'm not going to ask you any question about that yet, but I know that we are going to talk about Yeah, <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about a couple of new things, which are coming up next week. <laughs> Perfect. Let's keep it for the end. Uh, let's continue on the same line that we were following uh, before. So you were saying that actually mainly your job in for the communication and PR and marketing side is actually on letting people know which one are the ways that they can use the different features and the different products of Komoot and educating people on doing that. And maybe we can move it into different direction. Which one are actually the, yeah, the things that you usually do in order for do that? Dropping things out and let people know what is, how they can use the commute features and the commute products. And on the other side, does it, but so there's big support that you uh, as Komoot have done in the last year and probably are going to do also is next year's for the all uh, ultra endurance adventure, gravel adventures, all these kind of things that really embrace all the community and also they are pretty out there in order to inspire everybody also belongs to this part of the education. I don't know, I can mention, for example, for sure, you were supporting the transcontinental race, Silk Road mountain race, Grind Duro, who knows more. I'm not going to say anything else more because I can mistake, but you know what I mean. Is this all the part? Which one are the other elements that you're using for educating people on why Komoot is perfect for them? Wow, we've got a pretty, like, you know, interesting, I would say, marketing sort of structure, I would think. So um, specifically, I'm just in charge of, like, 
public relations, so media. So I, I chat a lot to journalists and make sure that they have all the information that they need should they want to like write a news piece about Kamut and in their magazines or online on their websites. Um, and in the past, I was definitely more involved in like the community stuff and the events. But um, because we're growing now, our team has gotten bigger and we're kind of dividing those tasks a lot. But um, we have, for example, you know, uh, our community managers. Um, we now have a community manager in Spain, in Italy, in France, in Holland. Uh, we've got two in the UK. Um, and I think, oh yeah, there's two, one in Austria and there's two more coming from Germany. So we've got a big community um, manager team and they're really working hard to like reach out to like people that are using Komoot in those countries, in their own countries, and then to have chats with them and support them should they have any problems with, you know, in their use of Komoot. We do like a lot of calls with users. Um, and then they also organize rideouts for Komoot and they attend or sponsor like regional events. So if you, for example, are, you know, running um, an event in Italy or in France or somewhere like that, feel free to get in touch with us because, you know, if it's, uh, we might be interested in getting involved with you guys. Um, also, if you are organizing rideouts in those countries, we would also be interested in maybe partnering with you. And through those partnerships, we get to reach the community, right? So what we want to do is let people know that Kamut exists, right? So a good way to do that is to um, ride with people or go on like, you know, mountaineering or hiking trips with the community um, and just get involved in reaching out to people and saying, look, hey, we see you're into the outdoors. We see you're into exploring. Did you know that there is this like super cool app out there that basically turns your smartphone into a navigating navigation device? Um, and you can also plan your, your rides and your hikes or whatever you want to do with this. So that's a, that's a, obviously like a strategy of ours. And I think it's a pretty solid one just to, you know, none of us want to hide behind our computers all day. Um, and we, you know, commute is like an ex experience. It's an experiential thing. So what better way to show that other than getting in touch with people, meeting them, getting involved in events, sponsoring events. So when it comes to the bigger events, like the global ones, um, like the Silk Road Mountain Race, the Grand Duro series, um, we have like the Bohemian Border Bash, um, Jeroboam, Catalonia Trail, Transcontinental, um, the list goes on. So all of those events we see are targeted towards like these explorer adventure cyclists, which is really like the, our core community. Um, and we, we decide to get Redict to partner with these events so that they use Kamut as their sort of um, route that, to host the routes for the events. So they basically plan the routes on Kamut. They create like beautiful highlights on the map with information about different checkpoints or or even if they're like stations, like food stations, or if there was like a task that they had, like if they were doing a scavenger hunt or something like this. So they do it all on Kamut and then they can embed the map on their website. And then everyone that takes part in the event then gets vouchers for Kamut so that they can download the map offline on their smartphones and they can sync it then with their Garmin or their Wahoos or whatever GPS device that they're using. And they can just turn up the event and they know they have the route on their GPS devices. So there's no more faffing around with downloading GPX files, uploading it to your computer, transferring it to GPS device. Even if you don't have a GPS device, you'll have the route there ready for you to navigate with your smartphone however you like to do it. So it's, it's, it's twofold. It's, you know, it's about us getting in touch with people and reaching that community, but also it's a nice way to just 
show our support for events that we think have a really you know great relationship with the community of adventure cyclists or or explorers and to show that we support these people we support the organizers we support the people taking part in the races at the, so that they, they continue their adventurous spirit and that they go forth into the world and explore with Kamut. So I think it's a really nice, you know, it's a really nice thing to be involved in, to be able to do things like that. Yeah, perfect. Actually, I want to also here mention only two things. Seems like I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm adding two things all the time when you're talking, but it was not prepared, I swear. But remember how we used for the scaravenge on hunt in uh, during the Toros de Gravel last year? And I think that you have done exactly the same this year for uh, the bash with Andre. But it was super cool, actually, just using your phone, the map that we had there that you prepared for us, just to find the clues around and taking the picture and put the highlights. It was one of the funniest thing, really, I've ever done on the bike. Just this kind of, really, scaravenge hunt, kind of a mix, a mix between uh, solving clues and uh, riding a helicopter all together. It was really, really amazing. So, yeah, this was great. And the other thing I can tell you that during the Silk Road Mountain Race and downloading the uh, the offline maps of all the different segments of the race was really really handy for me for uh yes for having for example the altitude we knew exactly also thanks to the race manual of nelson obviously this was the bible but on the side having already on your phone something like different segments when you will know okay here we are gonna find the riders going uphill or here we are going to find this amazing landscape with the highlights or here we are going to know that people are going to stop to have resupply was pretty pretty helpful and how i can really imagine that also for riders having something like this on their support on the side was pretty important yeah for sure i mean like the things that we mostly get caught out on is being able to calculate how long it's going to take to complete like a, a route and it's nearly always due to like the terrain. So you don't know how rocky the road's going to be or the trail is going to be or whether you'll have to carry your bike um, cu- coupled with the elevation. And being able to evaluate all of that is like super important. I mean, like it's it's like invaluable, really. I mean, I think I don't even know what I did before. It was like really guessing, I suppose, when you look at a trail, getting a feel for like how remote it would be and what the trail, the terrain could be like. But nowadays you have like a handy little calculator that says <laughs> it's going to take you five hours. So you, you can be better prepared with, you know, your food and your water and things like that. And then, of course, going off into the wild, if you've no, um, you know, network, still being able to access maps on your phone and being able to look at where you are. And, you know, it's, it's safety as well. You know, it's all, you know, making you feel a bit more secure in the outdoors. And, and that's that's part of the, the whole idea as well with Kamut, like is empowering people to go out and have like great experiences in the outdoors by giving them the tools and the information to be able to do that. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> we're, we're serving the world. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it's perfect. And uh, yeah, just to say that it looks like listening to this conversation and using I'm I myself, I'm a user of Komoot, I think I was still living in this uh, in the north of Italy. So probably since 2012. And I can tell you that now it's super easy when you were thinking about going out for, I don't know, a long ride or a bike adventure or a long hike or whatever, your best companion would have been a proper map, you know, a paper map and and a lot of planning and your notebook where you actually note down all the things that can be helpful on the way and everything like this. 
now with your phone in your hands, you can really check most of the variables that are out there for sure. Having a backup of a map or having obviously your cycle computer, whatever, is always a thing that you need to have because at a certain point, the phone just you know, goes out of battery, goes out of juice, and you cannot do anything like this. But on the other side, having this kind of support for the planning is perfect. You must have been one of our first users if it was 2012. <laughs> you've been like, you've been dedicated. Yeah, I can tell you that I was hooked by John at that time. John Woodruff, that was, everybody knows here, probably have knows him here and probably is listening to this as well, because he told me, I was, yeah, I think it was, yeah, really 2012. Uh, he told me, well, hi, Stefano, what are you doing? Are you doing blah, blah, blah. Why don't you just try this, uh, this application here? It's super cool. And I started uh, using this as support because at this time was not so, actually was not possible, I think, to use, to connect directly the map from, uh, commute to Garmin so I was actually working with those in parallel and uh, yeah I was using it as a backup and for planning and it was really really good part a really good way I discovered a lot of because I was actually super new of the area so yeah it was really perfect out there on the, on enjoying it on planning stuff also because I'm not good at maps my two only tools were going around with locals and using commute yeah yeah it's cool yeah It'll definitely get you there anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. So let me go through the point that I put down. I think that we talked more or less about everything. Something that probably I just want to go through a bit more is we talked a lot about... Um, yeah, the users and uh, how, which one is the perfect user for the perfect product. And we talked as well about the support that you're giving to the ultra endurance races or whatever. How do you actually help the uh, race organizers with your app and also with your external support in order to shape the race if there is one way? Um I think that the organizers, they, they pretty much know what the routes are going to be, apart from like the transcontinental where the riders have to like, you know, plan their own routes. Um, that's like a really good, like, you know, scenario for people actually using commute. So for that, for those races where the riders really have to do their own planning and they really rely on commute, I think like 90% of the people that were doing the transcontinental the last couple of years were using commute to plan and often to navigate as well. Um, and then for other events, like where there's a set route, the organizers typically have gone out and they've done really intensive recce's already on what routes they want or what trails they want to include in the route. Um, so then once they have uh, done their recce's um, and they've everything like mapped out on Kamut, we then offer our um, marketing partnership support, which is um, Betty Achreiner. Mm -hmm. And she basically works with the organizer then to make sure that all of the detail planning is perfect because sometimes, uh, as you know, Komoot is a layer on OpenStreetMap. Sometimes the data might not be perfect in OpenStreetMap. Like there might be trails missing. Maybe someone has built a trail in the last two or three years. It still isn't appearing on OpenStreetMap or hasn't been added to OpenStreetMap. So what we do then is we go into OpenStreetMap, we update information if it's missing, we add data to OpenStreetMap so that Komoot then is routable. Um, so you can actually like route exactly and perfectly on Kamut the trail. Um, so it does take a little bit of like back and forth between the organizer and us. 
to make sure that everything is like really, really working perfectly, especially in the more remote locations. Like I think in Kyrgyzstan, we had some issues where um, the, the the trail went into China, I think, and then there wow. there was some definitely some missing data there or restrictions. So um, yeah, like every race is different. Some of them are really, really simple. It's like a route that's pretty straightforward that has been you know used a lot in the last like ten years. We have all the routing data. It's just a matter of like waypoint one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, adding some highlights done. Uh, but once the route's set, then the organizer, um, you know, puts it on their website, announces it, and then sends it to all the competitors. And then the competitors is up to them then if they want to um, either download it as a GPX file, old fashioned, or if they want to just like sync the route directly between their app and their GPS device. Um, and that's the main thing there is like it really depends on where the where the race is, whether it's in a super remote location whether we need to do a lot of work already to get like information or routing data on OpenStreetMap and then, you know, have commute routing um, or, or whether, yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Like, to, I think Mallorca was quite, it was quite interesting because um, there's a lot of gravel road there, uh, gravel roads, and like not all of it was appearing on OpenStreetMap, therefore not on Komoot as well. So we had to do quite a bit of work there with Taurus to Gravel to make sure that all of the little small gravel roads were were routable. Um, but that's the investment that we make then for the future, because once we've got the information on OpenStreetMap, then it's available and accessible for everyone that uses Komoot on Mallorca. So it's uh, it's really nice to work with those uh, organizers too to improve the routing experience in the future for everyone using Komoot in those locations. Perfect. And this is actually the perfect drop for me for asking you this question. I don't know if it's too technical, just let me know and we're going to stop it here. But the thing is that when something like, uh, okay, I use Komoot to get to, um, yeah, to get to a certain position and actually I follow the race, the I follow the race, but actually I follow the race. I follow the track, but this add to me into a ride into a segment that was not readable or I found I found a better alternative from the commute track because there was a trail that was new built or something like a new road or whatever how should I do in order to get in contact with you and to let you know that there is a new path that you can follow or this path that I follow is not good and then you can update in open street in open maps and also in the commute app yeah, there's a number of ways. So I think first, there's two different scenarios here. Like if you ride, if Komoot routes you onto a trail that is uh, not suitable for the type of activity that you've selected on Komoot. So let's say you selected gravel cycling and you got routed onto a trail that is way too technical for the bike that you're riding. Um Normally, you get the information whether it's um, like a S1, S0, S1, S2, S3, S4, S5 trail, S5 being, I would say, nearly unridable, but definitely downhill mountain bike. And then S0 is like hard pack, dirt road, um, perfectly rideable, nearly on a road bike, but you might need uh, bigger tires. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get rooted onto an inappropriate trail by commute, um, the chances are the information that Kamut um, was interpreting is is coming from OpenStreetMap. The information OpenStreetMap is incorrect. As a user and as a member of the community, um, you can easily go into OpenStreetMap and you can change that information yourself. Um, it's like it takes like okay. it's like four, six, 
mechanics. So you can, you can when you're done with your ride, I mean, it, it don't, there's no point in doing it while you're out riding, but when you come back, you can be conscientious and like a responsible like user of these fantastic digital resources that are available to us. And you can go into OpenStreetMap and you can select that section of trail and you can recategorize it to chunky gravel, <laughs> whatever it was, or, or like rocky, because uh, all the trails have like different uh, classifications. And then uh, within a week, uh, we've probably done another import to Kamut and then everyone that routes in that area uh, on a gravel bike will not be sent on that section of trail. Um, that's, that's probably the best way to do it. Now, there's also, you know, you can flag things on Kamut as well, and then it will go to our support team and it'll take a bit longer for them probably to get around to it um, and then to get that updated. Um, we always recommend that users just go and change it themselves. Now, if the information is coming from a segment that another user has created on Kamut and the segment information is totally wrong, like so if someone said that this is a really cool, flowy, um, fun, um, easy mountain bike trail and it's not, it's a super gnarly downhill trail, um, then that information is incorrect and then you would need to flag that uh, information coming from that user who created that like segment um, and then we would take care to remove it from Kamut or request that the user updates the information and makes it more accurate so there's two different things one is like the and the other one is the information created by users and um, in which case you can flag that and then we will have a look at it yeah perfect and uh, i really like the approach that is a really it's not only you taking charge of everything, but it's a community building together the best readable path and roads and segments all around. So we are all part of this community, finding and scoping for and scouting for the perfect way to go, yeah, to enjoy riding the bike or hiking or being outside and exploring. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Well, Fiola, I just want to ask you two more questions, I swear, also because we have been talking for more than one hour and we can go with this like, with this flow, I think, forever. But I want to ask you the last two things. And the first of these things, uh, of this thing is, things is uh, what do you have in front of you for the future? And I mean you as Komoot. Is there something new that is coming out there apart from the updates and the new feature that are going to come on the premium in 2020, uh, 2020 and you cannot tell me anything about that? Is there something that you can tell us in order to... Yeah. Stuff I can talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm super, super excited to announce the fact that we will be launching Komoot in Italiano ah. and Francais. Well. <laughs> Um, this at the end of this week so all going well if you are living in Italy and are living in France and you log into Camus by the end of this week you'll have the beautiful experience of, of having it in your mother tongue um, so that that's going back to like us you know we really want to ensure that people have like like a really good like experience when they use Camus and we have a lot of users now living in like uh, France and Italy. Um, so we've decided to localize the app, um, both iOS and Android and the web client. It'll all be in um, Italian and French for you guys. And then following up on that, a few weeks later, we're also going to be launching Spanish and Dutch. So uh, yeah, it's super exciting times. Wow. Yeah, we also have some community managers in those markets. So um, 
yeah, if you're into Kamut and you're using it, like don't be scared when you get an email from one of our community managers reaching out to you to check in with you and see if everything is okay with your experience of Kamut. Um, and we'll also be doing a lot of like local events in those markets as well. So expect to see some Kamut rides in Holland and in Italy and France and Spain and us sponsoring events in those markets as well. So exciting times. Amazing, exciting times, really, for sure. But moving to the last topic that I want to touch. What about you? What's, which one are your personal new adventure with, without, without or with commute or whatever? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like, I'm kind of, uh, I'm going to be coming back to Ireland for like a couple of months this winter because the winter is uh, <laughs> uh, scary. <laughs> It's good surf in Ireland in winter, so I'd be coming back <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, but before I come back, I'm going to be heading to Bike Connection in Girona, which is like a PR cycling um, event, so PR for the cycling industry, where um, Kamut, me and my colleagues, Rob and Kirsten, we're going to be taking a whole bunch of um, journalists along on an overnight like bikepacking trip um, in Catalonia. So we'll be showing them how Kamut Premium. Wow. So yeah, it's going to be really cool. So I basically, I'm riding a lot at the moment because I hurt my knee, as I told you. I kind of came off the mountain bike a couple of weeks ago and hurt my right knee. But um, I can cycle again now, like this week, and then heading down to Girona for like nine days, actually, um, attending the event. And on the back of the event, then we're going to be heading out into the, the wilderness of uh, Catalonia. And uh, we'll be doing like a two-day trip there with a bunch of cool guys writing for mm -hmm. different magazines like Bike Rumor and um, we've got Road Bike Party and like a whole bunch of cool guys out on that trip. Uh, then I come back to Ireland and then I think in February, March, there's talk about like uh, Morocco for the Atlas Mountain Race. Um, don't know what I'm doing there, whether I'll I don't know, take, take part in some of it myself. I, I haven't decided, but you should take part. <laughs> no pressure uh, I go crazy then over winter here in Ireland getting out on the bike in the, the six hours of daylight that we have um, but then I'm gonna probably um, I'm thinking about like taking a camper van for a couple of months February March and kicking around Portugal for a bit there's some guys uh, riding in Murcia at some point in February so I might join them the chimp and Felix from roadbikemagazine.de. Um, um, yeah, so I'm just kind of like playing it by ear, kind of like what I like to do. That's my vibe nowadays. Uh, seeing what comes up, picking out all the cool bits <laughs> and just like living my best life. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way. I didn't know actually that Andre and Felix were going for a bicycle trip in Portugal. I have to write Felix. He didn't tell me that. Hmm. 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 Okay. <laughs> I think it's Murcia. He was like, but it's only cool people, Stefano. <laughs> I guess you. Ah, uh, that's why. That's why I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. That's why I'm not there. I know. I know. Felix. Yeah. Felix does it all the for time. For sure. For sure. You. You would be. You'd be invited along. And you know what? If you're not, then we'll just plan our own thing together, right? Why don't you come out to Portugal and we can do some fun? Why not? Why not? No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I truly believe that Felix is a bit, uh, yeah, let's say, upset, if not said peace, because I was not at the bash this year. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I broke his heart. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I was really, I was really disappointed I couldn't go, but it was the same. It was like the week, the weekend I was traveling to austria for one of our commute gatherings so it was like impossible to do the two yeah uh. bummer 
can't be everywhere. Yeah, same thing for me here. I was just coming back from uh, from uh, yeah from Kyrgyzstan. It was really impossible to match all the things together. Also because I I just left, went out from my job for two full weeks without almost three without having any access to my emails and stuff. So it was really digging into email for two solid weeks. So the bash was a bit impossible. Yeah, I hear you. Cool. So yeah, we talked about quite a lot. A lot of community. yeah, it was really good. It was really interesting to go through it all with you again. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, it was really, really amazing. I really hope that people out there will not feel the uh, the delay and the connection that they got for the old time. There was actually people. Sorry, it was a bit. Let's say. Uh, yeah, chunky here and there with talking on top of the other. But yeah, sometimes my tool doesn't work as it should. But I hope that it was for you as enjoyable as it was for me. Yes, it was. Um, It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. And I just wish that we could see each other a bit more often. So we'll have to make a plan for 2020 at some point to like coincide at an event or whatever, make our own fun. For sure. Let's do that. Let's exactly let's do that. And uh, yeah, riding the bicycle together is always an amazing adventure experience and getting lost is not so so much a problem. And especially even if you just said that you're pretty competitive. Anyways, going out, riding the bicycle and whatever is not as stressful doing it together because it's really only exploring and not performance. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, enjoy your day, Fiola. Thanks a lot. And we will talk for sure super soon. Thank you, Stefano. Have a great day and catch you on the flip side. Almost one hour and 20 of recording. It was beautiful, though. What do you think? And just to put everything clear, uh, I fucked up a bit as well, not only Zencaster. I said that I'm user of Komoot since 2012. That's not exactly true. I went through all my emails and the email where John, John Woodruff, told me to start using Komoot. It was when I was already in Berlin. So it was 2015. Sorry, everybody there, fake news, but it's just because I don't remember things. And also a lot of people I talked about during this interview, because we have a lot of friends in common with Fiola. We are friends, we have a lot of friends, we have a lot of friends in common. And for sure, you will listen to, you listened already to mentioning Felix. And then there was for sure, yes, Andre, the chimp. And yeah, everybody like this. And also special mention to Dimitro that first of everybody just showed me that, yeah, Komoot Premium was arriving. Talking about Komoot, again, if you want to get your free region bundle for the value of 899 euros, just head to komoot.com slash G. So K-O-M-O-O-T dot com slash G, like Grumpy, and write Broomwagon all one word into the code and then you will get your region bundle for free what else ah yeah uh all the time people are just telling me via my social media so calamaro cc on facebook calamaro cc on instagram hello at calamaro.cc my email how they can support me well nothing is open no patreon nothing don't send me money because i don't know how to put all together with taxes and stuff. I have a normal job, so I'm pretty lazy on other taxes stuff. I'm out of these things. But for now, the best support that you can give me is only to subscribe, review, and rate my podcast. So the Broom Bacon 
pretty easy. If you are on Apple Podcasts, just look for Broomvagon, then subscribe, please subscribe, and then put five star or two or three, whatever you want, and review the podcast. It's really, really important for me to climb up to the charts and let more people know about my adventure and everything like this. Then you can do as well, not the same, but just subscribe to Spotify or put whatever star you want on all the channels that where you are listening, Broomwagon. Pretty appreciated. I will talk to you next week. Have a nice exploring week, people. <laughs>